Hello and welcome to You Glow Girl. I'm Michael. I notoriously research anything and everything that might help me glow up in some way. So I decided to share condensed versions so that you can glow up too. Basically, when it comes to the ultimate glow up, I research everything so that you don't have to. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome. So as you can tell, I got kind of a facelift over here. Hope you like it. We are now the Glow Girl podcast. Oh, wait, not the glow girl, you glow girl. So I was trying to find like a spin on, you know, I'm still a hype queen, right? And it was always the hype girls. So it's like a spin on you go girl, but I'll describe why or just like let you know why I came to this conclusion on what it needed to be. Um, Basically, if you've been around for a minute back when this was the hype girls podcast, Addie and I used to talk about all the time that I was kind of like a research whore, if you will literally just researching anything and everything that pops into my head at any given time. If I have a question, if I have a thought, I research it. If there's a product I'm interested in, I research it. If there's like a buzzword or something I see on TikTok or just basically anything that pops into my mind that I'm interested in and I don't know how it works or I want to know the benefits of it or how it's going to change my life, I research it like crazy. I research it. I research all of its competitors. I research its history and its sidebar on and on and on and on and on. I literally like deep dive into it until I know everything there is to know about it or in my opinion, everything I need to know about it. (laughs) And maybe this stems from me being kind of like indecisive and needing all of the information before I come to a conclusion or a definite decision. This is something I'm working on. (laughs) But generally speaking, if it sparks in my brain, the fire is just now ignited and I must know all the details. And I do believe that I started researching these things because I don't make decisions easily. And if I see something on Amazon, I have to read 5,000 reviews before I decide if I want it. And not only that, I have to find all the things that are similar to it and read all those reviews because I want to know which one's better, best, which one I'm wasting money on, if the entire like if the entire product or the entire concept of this is a waste of money. I don't know. I'm just like, maybe it comes from me being frugal. I have no idea. I I guess I can't be frugal because I use it for wellness and everything. I don't know. I don't know why I'm like this. Is anyone else like this? Do you research everything under the sun and have to read like 10,000 reviews before you can make a decision on anything? Because I don't want to be alone. But anyway, 99% of what I research is like relevant to beauty, fashion, wellness, self-development, and overall just leveling up in some way. And I figured that's something that I can share with you guys. Every time we bring it up, or we used to bring it up on the Hype Girls podcast, people would tell me afterwards, like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Or Addie used to say, like, you're so knowledgeable about every single thing that you bring up. And it's literally because I just can't stop researching it. (laughs) And this is the part where it might be toxic. I sometimes will spend hours researching something, hours upon hours upon hours, like into days, into weeks. (laughs) Like Googling it, watching videos, checking TikTok, listening to hours and hours of different podcasts on the subject, just so many things. I just go so far with it and sometimes this is really beneficial to me, sometimes it's not. But you know what? I'm a wealth of knowledge for anyone who has a question on that topic. So I decided that I can take all the things that I research on these topics that I believe are interesting to you and then condense all of that information into a shorter episode And we can kind of chit chat about it, but that's kind of where I went with it. It's like, I'm always trying to glow up and I felt like I could share whatever information that I'm researching because I'm researching it so that I can glow up in some way, right?
So if I share it with you and condense it and you don't have to research for hours and hours or read for hours and hours or watch videos for hours and hours and listen to podcasts, you can just listen to this one and I'll condense it for you and let you know. Obviously, it'll be biased and it'll be opinionated and it'll be my version of everything. And it's also my takeaway of whatever I read and researched. So keep that in mind. It's not always going to be perfect and maybe you'll disagree and that's fine. The world would be a boring place if we all agreed on everything. So that being said, that's how we came to the conclusion of the new podcast name, You Glow Girl. It's like a spin on You Go Girl, but also You Glow Girl because we're about to glow up. All, we're going to do that together. All right. So, oh yeah. And something new that I was going to bring to the podcast as well is gratitudes. I had mentioned this before that I might be bringing in some gratitudes and I decided to add that in the new year regardless of where the podcast went. But obviously we had a full makeover over here. So anyway, I try to do between five and 10 gratitudes a day. And if you miss a day, it's literally no big deal. It's one of those things where like, if you stress about it, and if you are stressing about it, then it's absolutely not worth it. Don't stress about it. (laughs) Because then it's like ruining the entire thing, right? If you miss your writing your gratitudes down that morning, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I hate myself. I'm the worst. I'm a terrible person. I didn't even write my gratitudes. Like everything is going to shit. You've completely missed the point, right? So something that I usually tell people is if they're doing gratitudes, don't date them. You can write like day one, day two, whatever, if you're doing like a challenge, but don't date it like Monday, January 1st. Don't date it because at that point, if you miss January 2nd or if you miss the 6th or whatever, it's going to eat away at you and it's, it's, again, just not worth it. But anyway, gratitudes are really perspective changing and they can completely turn your day around. So if you start your day with gratitudes and you start your morning with like extremely happy, extremely grateful gratitudes for like where you are in life or at first they'll be extremely generic. Like when I first started saying gratitudes, I'd be like, I'm thankful for my husband. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my pets, that kind of vibe. And there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, please be grateful for those things because they are extremely valuable to you. But then as you go on, you can't you can't say the same things every day when you do gratitudes. That's another rule I have is that you can't say, I'm thankful for my husband. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my pets every single day. You have to change it up and every day has to be different or you have to come up with a different reason why you're grateful. And I always do. I'm grateful for XYZ because XYZ. So what you're grateful for and why. And then as you get better at them and as you go like longer doing them, you'll end up digging deeper. Like you'll start saying things like, I'm grateful for music because when I'm feeling down, it can lift me up. I'm grateful for my ambition because it's helped me break the nine to five mold and open my eyes to more opportunities in life, that kind of vibe. So they do get more in depth and they do get a little... So today I was writing these down and I was a little bit on a health kick. So I wrote, I'm so grateful for my eyesight. Without it, I would never see the beauty of this world. I mean, literally consider like never seeing colors, never seeing your loved ones, like what they physically look like, never seeing a cat's toe beans, (laughs) never seeing your dog's nose, never seeing, I mean, back to your dog, like never seeing how excited they are to see you when you get home. Like you physically, you would hear it and you could see them or you could, you know, hear them jumping around, I guess, and whining, 
but you could never see them being excited. You could never see the ocean hitting the sand. You could never see birds flying in the sky. You could never see the way like the window light comes in so perfectly sometimes and causes little rainbow speckles on the wall. There's literally just so many things that you would absolutely never see if you didn't have eyesight. And it's just such a simple thing that we take for granted every single freaking day of our lives. You know what I'm saying? So the next one, I'm grateful for my hearing. To hear the voices of my loved ones, to hear their stories, to hear music. Again, imagine never hearing your loved one's voices. Imagine never hearing birds chirping or waves crashing on the sand or hearing your dog's excited whine when you get home or never hearing the perfect song or your favorite song or music or anything. Again, it just seems so simple, but it's really, truly not. And we take it for granted so much. I mean, literally, you couldn't listen to this podcast. You couldn't listen to any podcast. It's just mind-blowing when you think about it. Be grateful for your hearing. (laughs) Okay, so that's all for today. Just two gratitudes, eyesight and hearing. Focus on those and then maybe you can think about something else that you're grateful for and we'll get into more next week. So today's topic is a little cliche because it's dry January and today's topic is alcohol. I decided to talk about alcohol first because I know that a lot of people have come out of the holidays where they were drinking a lot and some of you might be participating in dry dry January. I know I am. Um, Sober Curious is a huge movement right now where people all over the world are just drinking a lot less and mocktails are becoming a lot more popular. So I don't know. It just felt like the right time. Why not just start the year off talking about the poison that we put into our body, right? (laughs) And then you can make decisions the rest of the year based on whether you want to consume it or not. So obviously alcohol isn't good for you. Okay. We know this much. It's a toxin. Literally when we are consuming it, we are just pouring poison into our body, poisoning our organs, poisoning our skin, our cells down to the very nucleus. We know this. You're not stupid. I'm not stupid. We know it's a poison. We know that it's toxic. Um, And that's actually something that makes it very easy for me to not consume very much alcohol because I guess at the end of the day, like I'm vain, (laughs) like I do care about my body. I do care about my health. I care what my skin looks like. I care what my hair looks like. Sue me. I don't care. But whenever I drink alcohol, I quite literally, I cannot not think of it this way. And people tell me that me thinking of it this way is toxic, which I find kind of ironic considering like they're trying to tell me that my mindset around not consuming alcohol is toxic when they're quite literally pouring toxic poison into their body. <laughs> Just ironic. You know what I'm saying? But it, to, to each your own, it's fine. Like I, I, I find the irony funny. It's fine. And I drink alcohol sometimes. Like it's not, I'm not judging anybody. But what I see is like, I literally see it as empty calories because it absolutely has no benefit on your body whatsoever. It's the polar opposite. You know, it's terrible for you. We're quite literally pouring poison into our body. So actually a funny thing is, I don't know why I think of this and I don't even remember if this is the right drug, but (laughs) remember the Powerpuff Girls. And it was like, Mojo, Jojo. (laughs) And he used to have like, I don't remember if Chemical X was what he wanted to use or if he had a different one. But every time 
I think about alcohol, I have this like little image of my head in my head of chemical X. And it's just like, I'm drinking chemical X. Like I know that. And it's horrible for my body. It's horrible for my skin. It's horrible for me. So anyway, that was just a fun little thought. I always think about the powder power puff girls whenever I drink and mojo Jojo. (laughs) So if you didn't watch that, you have no idea what I'm talking about and I'm aging myself. But anyway, whenever I'm drinking alcohol, I just know that it's completely empty calories. So all I'm thinking about is these are empty calories. It's like consuming cake with no flavor, just like packing on the pounds, packing on the calories. It's absolutely shit garbage for my skin and my hair and my organs and my brain and like all of these things I care about. And so every time I'm drinking, sure, it's maybe you think it's toxic that I think that way. But for me, it's protecting me from drinking too much alcohol. So that's just where I'm going with that. (laughs) So maybe we can just get into a few things about alcohol today, why it's actually bad for you, maybe why we could consider cutting back a little bit in 2024, if not only for a smaller detox here and there. Dry January is a great example. People just quit for a month. Um, I know other people who I actually read a few things that said 90 days is ideal. If you could quit for like 90 days, you can really purge all of the alcohol from your body and have like healing effects of not having it in your body. If you're like a chronic drinker, which I'll get into what a chronic drinker is because it's not an alcoholic and apparently most of us are chronic drinkers, I would assume. Um, Let me also say that I'm not on my high horse here. I drink alcohol. I just mentioned that. It is very rare that I drink alcohol, but I do drink in social settings here and there. I actually learned in researching that I actually binge drink, and this is shocking to me, but more on that later. (laughs) I guess I just assumed binge drinking was like way more alcohol, but it's not that much. (laughs) And then as far as me drinking, like, like it might not be surprising to you, I guess, but it was pretty surprising to me because I was the opposite on the spectrum. But there was actually a huge uptick in drinking during the pandemic. I would would assume it was just like people were bored and they had nothing to do. So they would drink at home. Tons of people were making cocktails, things like that. I did see like a huge uptick of like cocktail recipes on Instagram and TikTok and people making those at home and just sharing that. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But like I said, I was actually the opposite on the spectrum because I pretty much only drink in social settings. So we were at home by ourselves nearly three years in a row. And I basically just didn't drink it all for three years. And honestly, I didn't miss it. I was completely fine. And luckily for me, I'm a lightweight now because of that. (laughs) And I actually love being a lightweight because it's so much cheaper. Um, Little shout out to all the people that I used to make fun of for being a lightweight. A, I was a douchebag for that and I'll take accountability. And B, it's actually a cheat code and you were above all of us truly because... I mean, it is just so much cheaper (laughs) to go out and drink and be a lightweight. Like I'm rocked after two to three drinks now and it used to take me like 10 to get rocked, 10 to 12, somewhere in that range, which is absolutely ridiculous. All right. So let's start by saying like most people, I would assume, drink to feel good in some way. I mean, we're drinking we're drinking like celebratory drinks. If something great happens in our life, we're drinking. If something bad happens in our life, we're drinking to feel better. We're mourning. We're drinking to feel better. We drink to relieve anxiety, to dull feelings overall. So like if our feelings are hurt, we'll drink. If we are anxious about something or have social anxiety, we drink. 
we just drank to feel better overall and to de-stress like a ton a ton a ton of people drink because they're stressed and the alcohol calms them down relieves that stress a little bit so it's safe to say that pretty much everyone drinks to feel good i mean that's my excuse too most of the time that i drink it is in social settings because i think i'm awkward and i think i have social anxiety so (laughs) whenever i'm going into social settings i'm an ambivert through and through like sometimes i i can draw energy from people and sometimes i have to be alone and i draw energy from that like i need a balance of the two and so whenever i go out like i like to be social and i like to go out but in order to get to a certain point sometimes i feel like oh my gosh i'm socially awkward i need to have a drink to like calm down and like depress my nerves or whatever so i'm sure there's lots of people like me out there so when alcohol enters your body, it enters your body as a chemical called ethanol, okay? Your body cannot break down ethanol. It has no way to break it down as is. So ethanol must then be converted into something else. So your body, you know, does all these different chemical reactions, which, mind you, is taking a lot of energy out of your body, all, uh, your metabolism, everything like that is going into breaking down this alcohol. So ethanol is then broken down and converted into acetyl acetylaldehyde. That's what it was, which is actually more toxic than ethanol in your body (laughs) and even more poisonous to us, which is kind of ironic. Like we can't break down ethanol. So let's just make something that's like 10 times more toxic and we'll try to break it down from there. But the body actually can break it down when it becomes acetyl acetylaldehyde. I cannot say that to save my life. This chemical is used to make perfumes, dyes, plastics, synthetic rubber, some fuels even. Um, I don't know the concentration of it, of course. Acetylaldehyde is a natural chemical that we do come across in life at times. So I'm assuming it's along the lines of like the more you consume, the worse off you are. That being said, when we, if I bounce back to us consuming alcohol just to loosen up, when you first drink your first drink of alcohol you get this like huge hit of dopamine and serotonin and you're flooded with it feeling good and then that's why we drink more because we're chasing that dopamine and serotonin hit but it never hits your body as high as the first drink which is kind of interesting like so let's say you drink the first drink of alcohol and your serotonin and dopamine like shoots up to a hundred no matter how much you drink after that, like it's never going to hit a hundred again. Like I'm just giving you a visual. So maybe your next drink you shoot and your serotonin and your dopamine shoot up to 80. And then the next one it's 70. And then the next one it's 50. So I told you, (laughs) I told you that I was a binge drinker. Okay. And the most common form of excessive drinking is binge drinking which for women is four drinks or more in a single occasion. And for men, it's five drinks or more in a single occasion. I, like I said, do not go out that often. I would say maybe I get really drunk like four times a year, but on those like four drinks isn't even like drunk for me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm probably drinking like seven or eight in those settings at least. But if I go out with the girls, like I easily drink four drinks in one single occasion. So by definition, that's technically binge drinking. So pretty much any time I've ever gone out, I'm binge drinking. And then heavily drinking is defined as 
uh, eight drinks or more per week for women, 15 or more drinks per week for men, which is actually crazy, but I think it has something to do with the metabolism, breaking it down differently. So that's why men can, can, uh, handle a little bit more. So let's get into like what alcohol can do to you. Basically, alcohol can lead to a plethora of chronic diseases. I'm not going to get into like every single thing, but high blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, liver, uh, liver disease, sorry, digestive problems, cancers. There's a plethora of cancers that can be caused by excessive alcohol intake, a weakened immune system, learning and memory problems, including dementia later in life, which is kind of interesting, mental health problems, including depression and anxiety. I'll get into that a little bit more because alcohol actually really increases your depression, which is crazy. Social problems. uh, This is like family problems, job related, stuff like that. And then obviously alcohol disorders, uh, alcoholism, alcohol dependence. And I'm not saying that everybody's going to get these. We all know that some of these might be rare. Alcohol is also like a major factor in a lot of crazy stats. I saw some like insane stats online that were like, 75 to 85% of murders involve alcohol, whether it's the person being murdered or the murderer. Alcohol is present in 90% of of all domestic and sexual assaults. Again, whether it's the perp or the victim. And I'm absolutely not saying that like a girl drinking should be sexually assaulted or have, has anything to do with that. It's just saying that it is present. Whoever the perpetrator was is definitely still the monster in that case. There's no uh, shaming the victim here. If you're drinking, it doesn't doesn't mean you deserve that or that it's your fault. Alcohol is also the only only drug known to make people more aggressive where they're still consciously aware of their aggression. Meaning like other drugs might make people aggressive and insane, but typically they're like so gone in their brain on those drugs that they don't realize and they aren't aware that they're being this psychotic or aggressive or angry, whatever the case. But on alcohol, it triggers this aggression and yet they're still fully aware of their aggression and they continue to be aggressive which is so bizarre. But like when I was reading that, I'm like, yes, like I've seen so many people be aggressive or be angry or just like they're aggressive and then they continue to be aggressive. Like I feel like we all know that one person who when they drink, they want to fight and like they just always want to fight every time. And if they were sober, they, they're not a fighter. Like they're just a nice person, but they always just want to fight when they're drunk. You know what I'm saying? I feel like everyone knows this person, but it is so funny to like not funny, but you know what I'm saying? Like when you actually read these things and you're like, yeah, actually there are people who are fully aware that they're being aggressive, but they're still being aggressive. And then also that it's alcohol is one of the top three most addicting substances in the world up with cocaine and heroin. That's absolutely insane to me. (laughs) Like I, I guess just because I have drank it for a long time and I did not get addicted necessarily, which I I claim that, but we'll talk more on that later. But it's actually crazy that like it's a it's considered top three most addicting substances in the world, up with cocaine and heroin, and it's legal, but these other ones are not. Like it's it's just legal, and it's it's kind of weird because alcohol is it's really only socially acceptable to those of us who can control that addiction. I mean, truly, if you think about it, like. We are all using a toxic poison, 
that is a known drug, top three most addicting drugs in the world, but it's legal. And it's perfectly fine that we use it every single day as long as we don't actually get addicted to it. Because once you get addicted to it, people are like, oh my gosh, you're disgusting. You're an alcoholic. What's wrong with you? Get your life together. There's so much judgment around alcoholics and alcoholism. And yet they started the same way we did. They're out just drinking with their friends, having a good time. Like nobody starts as an alcoholic or, you know, they don't just have alcoholism. Like you develop it because they get addicted to it. You're not an alcoholic, you know? Realistically, I feel like we're all a little bit addicted, right? Because if not, why can't we just quit today? It's funny because I'm doing dry January right now and I've already had so many people make comments to me like, oh my gosh, dry January, huh? Like you, I bet you can't wait for February to come. I could never, I would never do that to myself, which is kind of ironic because it's like, you're literally pouring poison into your body and I'm not doing that. And you say, I could never not pour poison into my body. <laughs> but it's just crazy how there's so much judgment around alcoholics and alcoholism, but everybody else who can control the addiction is fine, but you definitely still have some sort of addiction to it because otherwise, why is it difficult for you to quit? I'm telling you like all the reasons why it's bad for you and yet your brain still says, Ugh, no, I don't want to quit. Like I still need it. I still want it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's kind of mind blowing whenever I think about it body image. Let's just get into that. Um, it's a known issue that people gain weight because of alcohol, beer gut, you know, tons of people constantly gain weight as they age. And especially if you're drinking alcohol, you're definitely not going to have the body of your dreams. Like if you, uh, I mean, that's one thing that like anyone who's in a bikini competition or a bodybuilding competition, like they're not drinking alcohol because unless they're using it to like literally dehydrate themselves to show more muscles, but like Throughout the process, it's just empty calories. It's stupid of you to consume that if you're doing that. Something that I like to think about and that I always like to remind people is that your body completely stops metabolizing everything else in your body until the alcohol is gone. Like it needs this toxic poison out of your body. So if you drink a shit ton of alcohol on Saturday and then you lay around hungover on Saturday, not doing anything, you know, your body's like slowly trying to get this out. It's not doing anything. It's not sweating or purging in any way. And then you go back to your normal workouts like Monday to Friday, your body might still be burning off alcohol three days into the week. So it's not burning off fat or anything else that you want to get rid of. It is focused solely on getting that poison out of your body. Your body cannot metabolize anything else until it gets rid of the alcohol. I know I mentioned some diseases earlier and the studies were kind of all over the place on the different diseases and how it affects and percentages and some were extreme and some were a little more mild. I don't want to get into every single detail of those because long story short, they can cause alcohol can cause disease. Alcohol can cause chronic problems. Alcohol can cause mental health issues. Like just absorb that and understand that. But one uh, thing that I did note as kind of interesting is that as little as three servings of alcohol per week could increase breast cancer in women by 15%, which is absolutely insane. And then every drink on top of that increases increases your chance of breast cancer by 10% more. That's insane to me. Like, oh my gosh, the amount of breast cancer in the United States and the fact that we could just decrease this potentially by 25% if we just didn't drink alcohol <laughs> or... It, I mean, it says three servings of alcohol per week. So it's like, 
holy cow, dude, that's insane to me. Anyway, moving on. Um, alcohol completely wreaks havoc on your hormones and ladies in today's world with all the processed foods and all the med- medications that are pushed and antibiotics, all the pollutants and the toxins that we literally just can't avoid in our society, our air, our water, our homes, etc. like our messed up guts. The last thing we need is one more thing screwing up our hormones. And guys, hello, it also screws with your testosterone and it aromatizes it, which apparently means it turns it into estrogen, which leads to the dad bod, the beer gut, man boobs. It, if your testosterone is turning to estrogen, it messes, messes with your muscle retention and your libido, aka your sex drive. Um, alcohol messes with your insulin resistance, resulting in increased blood sugar and, again, weight gain. But it could also lead to um, type 2 diabetes down the road. Alcohol, alcohol destroys your gut lining. This is actually one of the reasons I started to drink a lot less um, besides the pandemic. But I got in really interested in my gut health. Um, wanted to know everything that I could. My, I felt like I had symptoms of leaky gut. I have IBS, just so many things. So I was trying to tailor my gut health a little bit more. And alcohol was one of the things that it was like, if you haven't dropped alcohol yet, definitely drop alcohol because it completely destroys your gut lining. And it simultaneously kills the good bacteria. I mean, it kills all the bacteria in your gut. Let's just say that. But it kills I mean, we don't care if it kills the bad bacteria is what I'm trying to say. It simultaneously also kills the good bacteria in your gut, which leads to leaky gut, IBS, you know, um, we don't even, I don't, I'll get into another episode on gut health altogether, but sometimes it can be as bad as leading to Crohn's disease, which anyone who has that can tell you it's obviously miserable. Alcohol heavily compromises your sleep quality, which is so, so important. You know how important sleep is. I don't need to go down that whole rabbit hole, but lack of sleep affects everything in your body, everything in your life, including increasing your cortisol. And cortisol, you need it, okay? But like the times that you don't need it, cortisol is the devil in my eyes. (laughs) I told you I'd have opinions on here, so there's my opinion. (laughs) But yeah, so it destroys your sleep. Um, Another one that I – another reason that I got into less alcohol besides my gut is your skin. Alcohol just absolutely wreaks havoc on your skin and your hair, both of which like who cares if I'm vain? I want nice skin. I've been fighting for nice skin my entire life. I do all the skincare routines. I do all the red light therapy. I wear the sunscreen. I want nice skin. Okay. So me trying to have nice skin and then countering that by just drowning myself in poison is basically what I'm looking at it as now. It's like, come on. Okay. So I think the last one I wanted to talk about was alcohol and the brain. Alcohol specifically affects your prefrontal cortex and alcohol is a depressant and it numbs the thinking processes in your brain. So it heavily increases your depression. It heavily increases your your anxiety and risk, I guess, or chance of suicide because you're not thinking and your depression is excavated and your um, anxiety is also excavated. So just, I don't know. I mean, that's so sad, but <laughs> aside from the thinking aspect, 
which is why we say alcohol makes us dumb. You know, we say dumb things. We act cringy. It's because we're not thinking because you're the thinking part of your brain is not working well. <laughs> and you also this is this was such a random fact, but like you can't control the volume of your voice when you're drunk. And this is why when you're out drinking, people who like the more drunk they get, they get exponentially louder when they talk because they're drinking and they can't think and they can't control the volume of their voice. Ugh, it's just a mess. It's so messy, you know? This is I was thinking about this. I'm like, okay, so that makes perfect sense why everyone like suddenly is just dumb. You know, when you're like talking to people and you're like, oh my God, you're not this dumb, I swear. It's literally just the alcohol. Like alcohol makes you dumb. We say dumb things, we act cringy, we're gross. Like it's a mess. Aside from that, uh, the thinking part of your brain, alcohol also messes with the memory capacity of your brain. So we're constantly retaining information because our brain is like watching the movie of our life and it is just, you know, categorizing all of that and sticking away in our memories. And alcohol really messes with this. And this is why when you drink, especially if you drink heavily, you really struggle to remember things exactly as they are. And that's why like everyone who went out might have a different story because they were all drinking and it was messing with their memory uh, cortex. I'll say that your memory cortex. And, you know, it's just like poking little holes here and there and you can't actually retain things as they are. This is also what causes browning out and blacking out. And the craziest part to me, this was, I mean, it is so obvious that this is what's happening, but I guess whenever I like actually dove into it, I was like, holy shit, like I can't believe that this is what's happening and yet we do it all the time. So the crazy part of blacking out is this is the result of your brain completely shutting that section of your brain off entirely, entirely shutting it down in order to save itself. Your brain is literally your what did I call it? Your memory cortex is overloaded because it has too too much stimulation and too much stuff coming in, but it can't function because your alcohol has all the nerves like firing wrong. And so your brain is so overstimulated and it can't retain things or function the way it's supposed to. So you black out because it completely shuts that section of your brain off in order to save itself. How messy is that? Like you blacked out and we laugh about it, but the reality is that your brain did that as a mechanism to save itself from drowning in alcohol and going into an overload of like trying to collect all these memories when it physically cannot do that anymore. It completely shut down that system to protect you. That is so messy, so messy <laughs> and so sad. And then the other one was just uh, the other crazy, crazy fact that I read was as far as like your cortisol levels. Okay. So cortisol is your stress hormone. And when we, okay, so let's just say we are stressed because of our day or our week or whatever. So we go out drinking because it's going to lower our cortisol and we're going to feel better and we're going to de-stress and feel more relaxed. The craziest thing about this was that alcohol increases, increases your base cortisol levels for weeks after you drink it, which is wildly ironic considering we all drink it to loosen up and de-stress. So basically your cortisol has a level of like 50 and you're stressed out and you're so like, oh, I'm so over this. I need a drink. So you go and drink and then you drink, your body metabolizes it for the next three days and works its ass off to get that poison out of your system. And now your base cortisol rate 
for like your day-to-day life is now at 60. It before was at 50, but you drank alcohol. That alcohol has left your system, but it naturally increases your base cortisol levels for days to weeks after you drink it. So now for the next, you know, however many days or weeks, now your natural cortisol level is at 60. So you feel even more stressed than you did before. That is absolutely insane, which only that makes sense as far as like why we get addicted to because now your cortisol is even higher. So now you need that drink even more. And then the next time that you drink, your base cortisol is going to be at a 70. So now you're way more stressed and you need alcohol even more. I mean, this just explains everything as far as like why we get, you know, so attached to it. Um, There were also tons of studies on like alcohol affecting your children and how your kids will watch you consume alcohol and most likely to grow up to consume alcohol in the same way or maybe even more because it's so normalized to them. The counter to this was like alcoholics. A lot of times it goes either way as far as alcoholics. So like if you're an alcoholic, it's either like your kid is going to be an alcoholic as well or your kid's going to be the opposite spectrum and never drink at all. But it's 50-50. Like you don't know. You know what I'm saying? And if you just casually drink every single day when you come home from work, but you're not an alcoholic, that's something that's like normalized for your kid. And they're going to start doing that, you know, at a young age. Essentially, I mean, I'm not saying like 150%. I'm just saying like this is something that could potentially happen. And then like just to further my point on us being addicted, even when I sit here and I tell everyone on this podcast all of the health problems the fact that you're just like straight up drinking formaldehyde essentially, the fact that it's causing you disease, the fact that it could affect your children, and then 90% of people will listen to this podcast, walk away and say like, I don't care. I'd rather drink. That's stupid. Like I like my alcohol too much. Like, oh, I'm a tequila girl. Like that just furthers my point on us being addicted. Like even when we're not alcoholics, you know what I'm saying? It's the fact that we just rationalize alcohol under any circumstance and it's not easy for us to give up. Again, I'm not trying to shame you. I'm just saying like you might be a little more addicted to it than you think. If if you can't just drop it on a dime, then you better be asking why you can't do that. And I'm that way with coffee. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm addicted to coffee because if I just drop coffee on a dime, I'll probably have withdrawals or I'll drive by coffee shops and crave it and want it so badly. So, I mean, you can be addicted to anything. I'm just saying. And I know that there are some studies out there that say a glass of red wine a day is actually good for you. But this has been proven many times over that these are not well done studies. They were based solely on biased information, etc. So, and truth be told, I know that you don't actually believe this. Like, we already covered that it's a toxin, it's a poison. I don't think anyone actually believes it's good for them. But for the most part, we just, everyone loves to quote this study because we want an excuse to have wine and alcohol guilt-free. And I'm going to say that again for you. We always quote these types of studies and we quote like, oh, Jesus drank wine. I do it. I'm guilty of this. I say Jesus drank wine all the time. (laughs) But I'm just saying, we quote like, glass of red wine today is good for you. It has antioxidants, whatever, or Jesus drank wine. And the only reason we're doing this is because we want an excuse to drink the poison guilt-free. We don't want anyone to guilt us. So we say, Jesus did it. Studies say it's good for me, which is fine. Again, not shaming. I just want you to know the facts. And I don't want anyone to think that I'm like currently sober. I am not sober. (laughs) 
I will say, I guess I do fit into the realm of sober curious, which is like this huge trend right now. And I don't, I don't love that. I feel like that's such a tacky slang thing to say, sober curious. But sober curious is basically just thinking about your decision to drink and mindfully cutting back despite societal pressures. Like that's all sober curious is. So like, I don't know why we have to call it sober curious. I just, I don't know. But basically it's a movement like tons of people all all over the world are collectively starting to drink way less alcohol. And I do kind of love this movement because it feels kind of powerful and like you're not alone. And like not drinking is now the cool thing to do. So it's easier for people to quit or back off without feeling so pressured by it. But again, like I'm not necessarily going to be sober moving forward. There will be times where like celebratory times where maybe I'll have a glass of wine or some champagne or it's a wedding and I want to celebrate with someone. I would say like mostly sober. And it's kind of messy because when people hear sober in this society, it alludes to the fact that I have a problem to begin with. Like instead of just saying I just don't want to drink, people will assume if they if I say I'm sober, people think I had a problem to begin with and I never did. Like I could easily quit alcohol and it's no problem for me. I don't know. Sober is just such a weird word for people. But it is also kind of sad, I guess, that I feel pressured to drink. Like in today's society, everyone pressures you to drink, I think. And I really wish we would stop that because, I mean, there's plenty of times where I've had a fake drink or I've had a mocktail in my hand just to like appease everyone around me. Isn't that insane that I have to pretend like I'm drinking to make everybody else comfortable or otherwise I might be harassed for not drinking. I'm going to be harassed for not poisoning myself with everybody else. So I just pretend to poison myself so that everybody else is happy. Oh my gosh, our society is so crazy. (laughs) So for the most part, I just choose to be alcohol free. And to me, again, this isn't really hard because I do care about my health and I do care about my body. I genuinely do care that my skin will look like shit and that I'll have a beer gut and that my organs will suffer and my brain will suffer. Those things are so much more important to me than having a cocktail. Like, it's just not that hard for me to quit. I'm vain. Sue me. Again, I want nice skin. I want nice hair. I want a nice body. And I already eat way too much food to have the body that I want. So constantly adding alcohol on top of that is just not going to help me at all. (laughs) And what I'm getting at is that it's not hard for me because I see it as a positive, not a negative. And all these people who see it as a negative are so acclimated to alcohol, making them feel better about life. Like it helps them have more fun or loosen up or de-stress. So when they think about not drinking alcohol, like we're taking something from them. You know what I mean? It's a negative because we're taking it away. But for me, nobody is taking anything from me except for poison. So I'm seeing it as a positive. I see they're t- I'm taking away this alcohol, this poison. So I see better skin. I see better hair. I see a better body, a better mind, less like lazy days or I don't get hangovers. But in your case, if you get a hangover, less hangovers, lower cortisol levels. Um, like the rest of the time, my body and my my metabolism functioning at high capacity I see all of the positives instead of all the negatives. And I think that's something that makes it a lot easier for me Um, because in the past, I have always consumed alcohol to like loosen up, distress the same way that everybody else has. And I always like tell, tell myself like, 
I need this alcohol to have fun because I'm awkward and I have social anxiety. And like for starters, I could just stop telling myself that story. Like fake it till you make it. I'm not awkward or I'm like, who cares? Everybody is, you know, if I am awkward, who cares? Everybody is. I'm not anxious. I'm fine. Have some confidence. Like nobody in here gives a shit. I just have to stop telling myself that I need the alcohol to have fun because I'm awkward or have social anxiety. Like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You're fine. Or fake it. Get a mocktail or whatever and pretend like it has alcohol in it and pretend like you're drunk. I don't care. (laughs) And then there was another study that I read that was like, they basically discovered that reaching for the bottle of wine or the glass of wine um, or even just the glass, like the beer glass, the wine glass, whatever, actually like relieved a ton of anxiety and a ton of cortisol and like released serotonin and dopamine just because your mind like associated that. It was kind of like the, I don't remember the scientist that did it, but like the dog and the bell. I know we all did this study in school or I assume we did where like the guy would ring the bell and feed the dog and the dog would start drooling like because he saw his food in the bowl while he was the bell was ringing and then eventually the guy could just ring the bell and the dog would start drooling because he didn't need the food to be in the bowl it was just the sound of the bell made him react the way he would if food was in front of him so it's the same concept of like you grabbing the bottle of wine or you grabbing the glass like the wine glass your body automatically releases those things because it knows what is tied to that essentially. And, you know, you go through your entire day, you were stressed out with your kids or work was crazy and you're at home now, you know that it's a safe space for you to reach out and finally get that drink and relax. So just reaching for that bottle or that glass gave you the dopamine rush and the calming effect that you wanted. So use this, utilize this and just switch to a non-alcoholic drink or reach for, you know, get your glass, your fancy glass, and then reach for something different instead and mentally tell yourself it's the same thing. Like for me, I've been making up some quote unquote fancy cocktail, which is usually just like my tart cherry juice with sparkling water. You could throw some CBD in it for the relaxing effects or um, what are they called? Oh, like adaptogens. Oh yeah. So if you throw like some CBD in for an adaptogen type effect, like it calms you down or releases, you know, dopamine, serotonin, whatever the case. Anyway, I'll reach for my wine glass and I'll make my fancy cocktail in my wine glass and I sip it like it's my glass of wine and I mentally tell myself like, ah, my, this is my glass of wine. And then that helps me calm down at the end of the night. So solutions, just, you know, pick a new drink that is an alcohol, a non-alcoholic wine or beer, a mocktail, a lime juice with sparkling water or any juice with sparkling water just a flavored sparkling water. You could distress in other ways, meditation, exercise, CBD, calming music, walks. Um, some You could put calming like scents in your home. I use a diffuser with like lavender and eucalyptus in it. Get more sunshine. Sunshine is known to make you happier. Write down your gratitudes, like I said at the beginning of this episode, because they are life-changing. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> Again, I highly recommend a mocktail that has like adaptogens or CBD in it because then you are letting loose and you're calming yourself down with a product the same way that you would with alcohol, but it's actually good for you because these adaptogens are like really good for your body and have a million benefits and some of them are like high in antioxidants and all that. Um, A few brands, I can write them in the show notes, are like Apothecary, um, Gia, 
apothecary is like the word apothecary, but instead of a C, it's a K. Gia is G-H-I-A. There's Curious Elixirs. Um, I think it's called Desois. That's the one that uh, Katy Perry started. And she she dated an alcoholic, so she probably knows. There's another one called Hi-Yo, H-I-Y-O. And Recess. And then there's another one called Three Spirits. I'm sure there's literally tons more. I just didn't have time to go find a ton of them for you. But essentially, those are my solutions for you. I'm not trying to shame you in any way, shape, or form. Once again, I will. I don't think that I'm necessarily sober. I will definitely have a glass of wine here and there or a celebratory champagne or even a cocktail on like girls' nights. I literally have um, like a wine tasting planned for Valentine's Day with some people there's times in my life where I'm going to drink. I'm just not going to go out and binge drink seven or eight drinks in a row and be excessive with it anymore. I just don't feel like maybe I aged out. I don't know, but I just don't feel like it has a place in my life. And again, I'm vain and I want nice skin. So like get over it. (laughs) So that was it for today's episode. Basically, I just wanted to give you the rundown of alcohol, everything it does to you. Um, everything it doesn't do for you, and then from there, you can make your own decision. But this is why I'm participating in Dry January, and this is why I'll be drinking a lot less in 2024. And I hope that maybe this inspires you to drink less as well. I'm not saying you have to be sober, just, you know, take your health into account because I'm a big, I'm a big health person. And that's all I have to say for this week. So stay tuned. And if you want to, you can send me some recs on any topics that you want to discuss. I do have a ton filled out of things that I've just researched in the last literal month. I probably have like 50 topics that we could talk about. But come back next week and you will see what the new topic is that's going to help you glow up. Bye.